Well, hello, Shaitali Community Church, and welcome to another episode of Midweek Musings. And today I want to talk about something that really just comes from a brief comment I made on Sunday during uh, the sermon. And I was talking about how in following Christ, he uh, commands us all to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him, that, that following Christ is taking the way of the cross. And this often leads to much suffering. The New Testament is replete with uh, evidence of the fact that as a Christian, uh, you live your life faithful to Christ, and it will entail much and so I, I in giving some examples talked about are you still going to follow Christ when he gives you a cross are you still going to follow Christ and I laid out a couple of things and one of the statements I made was I said will you still follow him when he gives you cancer and so that leads to the question quite naturally does God give us cancer yeah. And you can really fill in the blank there with anything. It doesn't have to be cancer. It could be any form of suffering. Like, is that, does God give us those things? And so that's the question I want us to tackle very briefly. And obviously it's a huge subject when you're talking about suffering, when you're talking about evil. This is something that's been discussed for forever in Christian theology, and it's not something we're going to solve in the next five minutes. But I want to at least give you some, hopefully, some handles for how to think about this and how to think about suffering when it enters into your own life, when you get a bad diagnosis, when someone that you're close with dies. So the question on the table is, does God give us cancer? And really, this is a question about sovereignty and secondary causes. Let me explain what I mean. First, it's a question about sovereignty. We as Christians believe that God is sovereign. He's sovereign over everything. And that even means that, yes, he is sovereign over the evil things that, that happen. And let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. So Exodus chapter 4 and verse 11, God speaking to Moses, wants him to go to Egypt to lead his people out of slavery. Moses is protesting. And one of the things he says is, I, I can't speak well. Listen to God's response. Then the Lord said to Moses, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? God states his full sovereignty even over things that we would consider natural evils or results of the fall, disease, and, and disability, deafness, muteness. God says, who's sovereign over that? Who's sovereign over the people that have those disabilities or, or struggle with those things, is it not I, the Lord, who makes man seeing or blind? Is it not I? So this is what I mean when I say God is sovereign, even over things that we would consider evil, or probably a passage that you may be more familiar with is Job chapter 1, verses 21 to 22. Job, of course, uh, experiences all sorts of calamities within a single day. He loses his children. He uh, loses his wealth. Um, not long after this, he's going to lose his own health. But, but upon experiencing those initial calamities, this is Job's response. Job 1, verse 21, Job says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then we have this important note in verse 22. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. So if you're familiar with the story of Job, you want to object there for a moment and say, wait a second, Job, 
uh, I know from earlier in the chapter that Satan is the one at work doing all of this. And yet you say the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. You're wrong, Job. But scripture doesn't say he's wrong. It says in all this, Job didn't sin with his lips. What he's saying has truth to it. God's sovereign over everything Job's received and God's sovereign over everything Job's lost. Satan had to have permission from God to execute these things. Um, and, uh, and it also says that God, that Job did not charge God with wrong. That's insanely important as we move into talking about the second thing. So, so this is a matter of sovereignty, God being sovereign over all things. It's also a matter of secondary causes. And, and one of the easiest places to talk about that is right here in the story of Job. When we say secondary causes, uh, what we mean is that God being sovereign over all is the ultimate cause. Secondary causes are causes that come in between God and, and the actual thing that's occurring. So in the story of Job, Satan, Satan would be a secondary cause. Satan is the one operating to see that Job's children are killed, to see that Job loses his wealth, to see that he loses his, his health. We see Satan doing that. That's a secondary cause. Or we could go back to the Exodus 4 passage and we could say the fall and just kind of natural results, if you want to use that word of sin, uh, disease, disability, brokenness in the world. These are secondary causes, the effects of the fall. Or we could look at other places in scripture that point out evil people. Evil people as secondary causes. So take in Genesis, the story of Joseph, uh, who's sold into slavery by his brothers. This is something evil committed against him by his brothers. Uh, yet, by the time you get to the end of Genesis, Genesis 50 and verse 20, Joseph will say to his brothers, what you did to me, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. God was ultimately sovereign. Now, that doesn't excuse you. You are a secondary cause in there. And so this is a matter of sovereignty and secondary causes. And, and, and what we have to do is we have to see how do these things relate to each other? How do they come together? And what we see again and again throughout scripture is the evil will of secondary causes and the righteous will of God colliding on the same event. And all of the evil is charged to the secondary cause and all of the righteousness and good is, is charged to God. He's responsible for what is right and good. So when we look at something like Joseph, all of the evil there charged to the brothers. But God, in the same events, had a righteous and right purpose. He was moving Joseph sovereignly to Egypt in order to set him in a specific position to be able to save people by the provision of food during a famine. We look at Job. All of the evil that happens to Job, yeah, it's chargeable. Job doesn't charge it to God. It's chargeable. He doesn't accuse God of wrong. It's chargeable to Satan and what Satan was doing. Yet God is sovereign and he is working for his good and righteous and right purposes in the life of Job. So in all of these events, the evil will of Satan or of people, whatever the secondary cause, and the righteous right will of God collide on the same event. So when we look at evil in our own lives, like cancer, we can talk about evil and suffering that comes into our life in two ways. Okay, We can, we can talk, let's just stick with cancer, we can say, this is a work of the enemy in my life. This is evil. And he is trying to use this to destroy my faith, just like he used illness in Job's life. This is a result of the fall and evil and sin in the world. And it's trying to break me apart and destroy me. 
I can talk about it as evil and as from an evil source. However, I can also say God is sovereign here and God is at work here for a reason. I may not know what it is. I may not see Job didn't know what it was. Job didn't see it. I may not know what it is. I may not see it, but God is sovereign and he is sovereign over this cancer even and at work with righteous and right and good purposes. And this is ultimately good news because the evidence that we see again and again throughout scripture is that secondary causes with their evil, they don't win. God with his righteous and right purposes, he wins. Uh, one of the easiest places to see this, to see being able to talk about evil coming into our life in these two ways uh, is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It's one of my favorite uh, passages on this. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the apostle Paul describes something that came into his own life that was evil. He calls it a thorn. We don't know exactly what it was, most likely maybe some type of physical ailment. But listen to what he says. Verse 7, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, because of revelations God had given him, to keep him from becoming conceited, a thorn was given me in the flesh. Well, now whose purpose is that? Who wants to keep Paul humble? Who wants to keep Paul from becoming conceited? That God. So who gave him this thorn to keep him humble? God. But listen to his next words. A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Paul talks about his, thorns in two, his thorn in two ways. It's a messenger from Satan to harass me, to try to get me to doubt God and doubt his goodness. But it was also given to me to keep me from becoming conceited. The, the evil will of Satan, the righteous right will of God, colliding on the same event. And Paul talking about it in, in two different ways. So what does this mean for us when we get cancer? Does it mean that we don't pray to be healed? We're just like, oh, well, God gave it to me, and so I just got to suffer and bear with it for his good and right purpose. Well, no, Paul prays to be healed. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. And in some instances, God does heal. In some, he doesn't. And in Paul's case, he doesn't. Paul says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, the glory of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. God says, I'm not going to heal you in this instance. I'm going to sustain you. And it's going to display to the world my glory as you rely upon me. He heals us. He's glorified. He sustains us. He's glorified. And so Paul says, as long as you're glorified and I get to experience that, that's your goodness in my life working through this thorn. Let's, let's do that. When I'm weak, show your strength. God's righteous and right purposes win every single time. It's good news. It's good news guaranteed by the cross where we ultimately see this truth on display. The evil will of Satan, the evil will of men to murder the sinless son of God and the righteous and right good will of God to accomplish salvation for his people for all eternity. They collide on the same event and God wins. The cross is the single most evil act in human history. And if God can be sovereign there, bringing it about totally righteous and right, accomplishing his good purposes, then he can be sovereign in every single thing that happens in our life for his good and right and righteous purposes.
So I hope that this is a beginning place to help you think through suffering in your own life and suffering in the lives of people around you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Midweek Musings, and we'll be back again next week.